Laura Ingalls Wilder, it's Babe! Welcome to 2019. It's going to be such a good year. We're going to do this shit together. Uh, so yeah, Laura Ingalls Wilder is an exclamation like, holy shit. <laughs> Depending on what your resolutions are for the year. And I wanted to talk about 2019 coming in coming in strong and resolutions because it's an awful, it's really like the pressure of resolutions is really, um, it's heavy. It's heavy. You feel like, okay, 2018, I fucked that up. Let's, let's really try new start, new year, new me, new year, new you. Is that what they say? I've never, um, breathing like Glenn Close in Sunset Boulevard again today. I apologize. Have I ever told you that story? Just tell you real quick. My friend Jeffrey saw Glenn Close on Broadway in uh, Sunset Boulevard, and he said that she was out of breath the whole time, and as she sang, you could hear her inhaling, uh, much like I'm inhaling right now, probably because I have a headset on, but uh, she she would sing her song, I don't know why I'm frightened, I know my way around here, the cardboard trees, and that's what I feel like I'm breathing. I'm breathing like Glenn Close and Sunset Boulevard. Can you hear it? R- listeners, please write in if you can hear me breathing uh, a la Ms. Close as Norma Desmond. But anyway, uh, I guess I'll just ignore that. So 2019, what are your resolutions? I know you have some. I know you've probably broken them already. It's the 15th of January, and I love a new start. I'm like, I'm going to start Monday. I'm going to start tomorrow morning. I'm going to start on the first of the month. I actually have a countdown going uh, on my uh, phone till Mamie appears on stage on the 19th. I don't know what I'm going to do. I've got a lot to do before Mamie uh, steps out onto the stage. I already have a song picked. No spoilers, but it's from The Greatest Showman. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to sing live. Uh, I, I really, uh, I'm, no, I'm no budget witch anymore. I'm going for a lace front wig. I actually want, I want to have a costume design contest. Design Mamie's outfit for for her big show like maybe um students at a at a uh uh acclaimed fashion institute or an art school uh could could compete with their their professor could judge their looks and then the winner gets to make it for me (laughs) of course i will i will pay handsomely for a couture outfit but so I have this countdown going and I'm 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 really trying to like lose some weight before I I shimmy onto the stage uh and uh Glenn Close <gasps> and uh I don't I haven't lost any weight so it's already the 15th I let's see let's look at the countdown until Mamie steps upon that stage again I'm looking into my Okay, 17 weeks, 6 days, 11 hours, and 23 minutes. (laughs) My ass is up on a stage in a dress in a beautiful, glorious, bouffant black. Or should I have white hair? I don't know. But anyway, my resolutions were sort of Mamie-centered, and that was, I guess, a good idea. Uh, But now I'm I'm just getting nervous, basically, um, about that. So... We, Eric and I belong to Weight Watchers. We pay monthly to be on Weight Watchers, and yet we don't do Weight Watchers. I'll scan in an item on occasion to see how many points it is, but I really, I need to get hardcore because as I mentioned, I have 17 weeks, six days, 11 hours, and 23 minutes until Mamie's ass is up on a stage. 
And I don't care. I don't care how well it goes. I'm never doing it again. So this is this is a once in a lifetime. Book your plane tickets, my friends, my college friends. Get on a plane. Come to Club Marcella. <laughs> the glamour never ends. So anyway, one of my resolutions was to do Weight Watchers that I pay for. Uh, but that has not happened. What else? Okay. So when we got married, uh, we had... A beautiful, two beautiful showers, and everybody brought a recipe, a, a, a treasured recipe uh, from their home, from their family, from their history, uh, and put it in our card. And so I have these these wonderful stacks of recipes uh, from friends and family that are that are all super meaningful and amazing. Not one of which I have prepared. Although, yeah, I did make, uh, nope, didn't make that. I, I thought I may have made my mom's sauce. Um, I did make her meatballs. I was in a meatball cook-off, <laughs> which I declared myself the winner of. I don't know if there really was a winner, but I win the meatball cook-off. Um, but I didn't make the sauce. The sauce was uh, not made by me. So anyway, I was going to go through the recipes and make one recipe from our wedding, which was in was seven years ago. <laughs> I'm going to make one recipe a week uh, this year. So it's week two of the month. I have not made one of those. Um, I also got an Instant Pot uh, last year, and I made it. I used it one time. I, I, I was going to make chili. And I uh, found a recipe online, and I bought the ingredients, and I got them all together, and there were a million fucking ingredients for chili. And I couldn't get the fucking lid on or off. So I called my friend Alicia. She was at dinner. She's like, I'm at dinner. I'm like, yeah, I can't get the fucking lid on to this thing. So she gave me some instructions. She's super smart. She knows how to put a lid on an Instant Pot, and uh, I, uh, I got it on there. So... I got really nervous because I didn't want to blow my face off with the pressure of an Instant Pot. Um, but I, uh, I thought I was doing pretty good until the readout, which says things and has like the time on it and what to do next, started saying burn, 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 burn. So the word burn <laughs> to me doesn't mean you're having making a successful pot of chili. So I called her again. What the fuck? This says burn. Is that bad? <laughs> She's like, well, it's not good. She said, let me ask you this. Did you use an Instant Pot approved recipe or did you go rogue on the internet? And I did. I went rogue. Some lady in, you know, Hickstown, USA's chili recipe, not sanctioned by Instant Pot. I, then I read, if you go vo Vogue, if you Vogue <laughs> while, you're, while you're cooking, um, well, if you go rogue and, and do a non-instant pot cookbook, like some lady just made up this chili recipe, you will find burning going on. Burn, burn, burn. So I was like, oh, motherfucker, I'm going to I'm going to take the I'm going to pop the lid off this thing. Hope I don't blow my head off. The chili was amazing. So Alicia's like, see, even though it said burn, nothing was burned. How was the chili? It was great. Love your instant pot. And uh, then I was never to touch it again. Just uh, only for to dust it. So one of my resolutions was to use my Instant Pot. I joined an Instant Pot Facebook group. It's a secret group that no one can be a part of but me and a couple other people. And we talk about our recipe, favorite recipes. But yeah, I haven't made anything in the Instant Pot yet. It's still dusty and cold. So um, that's another one of my resolutions. Take a beginner yoga class. Hey, everybody, I'm doing it, babe. 
I'm a yoga uh, uh, person. As you know, I was working with a yoga therapist named Lizzie D at East Meets West Yoga. I cannot say enough about it. It was like working with like a, a, a personal, like a, 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 a PT expert, a, a Zen calming presence. So like a therapist, a chiropractor, a PT, and uh, just really like so careful with me, with my my tangled discs and vertebrae. And I have been pain-free since I did the yoga therapy. And so my goal was to move into it, what I call a normal people class, where you're not the only person <laughs> in the class. There's other people from the community that without disabilities. And so uh, I started Intro to Vinyasa. Uh, it's a five-week workshop, and I need a workshop. I don't want to be in with the fit, hot people. I want to be in with like the normal muffin-top Williamsville moms, and that's what I'm in with, and I love it. And Sasha, the instructor, is really great. She's got a lot of energy. I did go up to her at the beginning of the class and show her my <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, do you see this scar on my neck? Discs were removed. I have plates and screws. So please, like, I just didn't want her to, like, hold me to the same expectation as everyone else in the class because uh, I might need to modify. But I really, di- I really didn't modify anything except for this one move where you are on your back. And I love when, the, when we do floor work. <laughs> I say it like we've been doing it for years. The one time I went to this class, uh, when we do floor work and uh, you pull your leg up with a strap and I really didn't know what the fuck was actually supposed to be happening during this time. But my leg, my legs were not moving because uh, I'm not I'm not really strong. So I did ask what, what was really supposed to be happening during that uh, that special time with the strap. So I just sort of modified that and she was cool with that. But yet yeah, downward dog when you're in that V position is a resting position. And she actually said, I'm, I hope to convince you one day that this is a resting position, but child, my arms and shoulders was trembling. I am not strong. I have to think that I lift my son up as much as I do. You would think I would have like these amazing shoulders and, and back muscles and biceps. I got nothing. I got Mamie arms, smooth white arms. And so, uh, I was struggling uh, during the uh, the downward dog, I like the child's pose, <laughs> and I like um, uh, uh, the corpse pose, corpse uh, shavasana, I think it's called, and um, I love that. She lowered the lights. Your only job is to relax. This is what I love. So I'm doing this workshop. It's not like a. It's kind of like an intro to vinyasa, and uh, I love it. And I said I was going to do it, and I love it. Uh, what else? Um, to go to the Jewish Community Center once a week. Nope, haven't done that. Go back to the Unitarian Universalist Church. I say back because you know we take little breaks in the UU Church. We we go. We're really into it. We're at the water communion, and then we're not there. Uh, this last weekend, they uh, the choir who is incredible, performed with uh, a small group of the Buffalo Philharmonic Orchestra. I had no idea that that was going on as I was searching for parking for like a half an hour. So finally I said, fuck it, and just went home and then realized it was Music Sunday. The epiphany! So I missed that. So now I'm kind of like, eh. But I, going back to the UU Church, I also uh, bought another year of Headspace, which is the great app uh, for meditation. 
there, I got, there's actually a Groupon out for Headspace right now. Uh, $56 for the year. It unlocks all of the meditations. And uh, I'm going to meditate every day is my uh, resolution. I've meditated once. <laughs> it was a 10-minute meditation because as the dad of a three-year-old, as I've mentioned many times, there is not a lot of fucking free time here to be meditating. Well, I, this is right now, uh, Jackie and Eric are at lunch at his family's and I bowed out so I could just get this podcast in because I love doing this podcast and I don't have time and I, there's so much I want to talk about this year. So anyway, this is just a little taste. So Headspace, the adorable former monk, Andrew Puddicombe is the, uh, the voice behind it. And he's, he's a Brit and it's, he's sexy and bald and I just love him. Uh, okay. No phones at the table. And that's, it's, we eat together as a family, me and Eric and Jackson and Jackson eats what we eat. So I don't make something special for him. Uh, we eat at the table and we, um, we have discussions. How was your day? Did you sing any songs? How's Dean? Dean is, uh, my son's best friend. <laughs> I love these boys. They're either going to, uh, be the best men at each other's weddings or they're going to marry each other. This is what I'm seeing. In the, in the future, they are just, they hug and they they love each other and they, they cry out for each other when they're not together. They just have this beautiful relationship. But why am I talking about that? Oh, the okay, so no phones at the table. Uh, but that also includes like me Googling information, looking at my calendar. So it's, it's really hard. But just if for one minute we can have no phones, it's going to be when we're eating. And then I'm, I'm hoping as he gets older, he's more of a participant in the conversation and not crawling under the table, tickling our toes, jumping on a trampoline. But anyway, no phones at the table. And those are my resolutions for this year. Any other ones on here? No, no. Uh, Oh, read 35. <laughs> so my friend Mary Beth, who's a fucking champ, she's a parent of two. She has her own business. She's a runner. She read, I think, 52 books last year. I cannot get through. So I so my resolution was to read um, 35. I don't know where I got 35 books from, but I'm going to read 35 books this year. And uh, yeah, I'm not reading like the classics. Let me tell you. The first book I read was called Pray the Gay Away. By Michael and Zach Zakar, two uh, Americans who are uh, first generation. Uh, their parents are from Iraq, and they're they're gay sluts. <laughs> and it's about their coming out. It actually was a really nice story about their relationship with their mom. But these guys have an Instagram and a Facebook presence. Like they're just naked twin Iraqi sluts. So that's I read the whole book though. I read it. It wasn't you know this. It it wasn't Shakespeare. That's for sure. Uh, I don't know if writing is their strong suit. Maybe taking off their clothes is. But uh, it was it was funny. It was really funny and their their story about like being in a in, in the closet and also having a uh a, a religious zealot as a, a a mother and then how she sort of comes spoiler alert she ends up accepting them so 35 books there's so much so many good books a lot of them are written by gay sluts though um there's one book that i have written by uh jake shears uh of the scissor sisters former stripper uh 
Uh, there's another book I have by Josh Barra called Porn Again. <laughs> I don't even know what it's about, but I just thought the title was great. I have two books by John Waters, two books by David Sedaris, a book about Rodgers and Hammerstein called Something Wonderful. Uh, I just have a stack. Uh, there's uh, Good Night, Good Morning, Good Night and Good Morning by Lin-Manuel Miranda. I should be reading that, but I'm moving back. I'm moving into slut territory now with, with Jake Spears. But instead of being on my phone, Glenn Close, and reading uh, Facebook posts uh, that are political and upsetting and, and, and awful before I go to sleep, I'm just holding on to a book and reading a book. So one of the books that I have, and this is how I'm going to wrap it all up, because there, there, there's so much to talk about this year, right? I want to talk about I want to talk about living your life. Imagine if you lived your life like Ms. Laura Ingalls Wilder. Mrs. Laura Ingalls Wilder. Can it be done? I believe it can. I like to reread books, and this is a reread um, by Wendy McClure called The Wilder Life. My Adventures in the Lost World of Little House on the Prairie. So, when I was uh, a young man... (laughs) a masculine young man, I was really into Little House on the Prairie. It was that that opening on Monday nights was so comforting to me. And, and so, um, I don't know. I just, I, I read the books, uh, as, as best I could in secret because I, I was just like a super gay little kid and, um, was just like kind of fangirling out for Laura Ingalls Wilder. But, um, Little House on the Prairie was just, think of some of the topics that they, uh, covered on Little House. I mean, there was uh, heroin addiction for little Albert. There was b- the blindness of Mary Ingalls. There was the burning of the, f- of the, of the blind school where Mrs. Garvey died. I loved Mrs. Garvey. And I think she used like a baby to, was it her baby? But to, to like smash the window. I cried. I think I cried for a month after Mrs. Garvey died. Um, by the way, this isn't, well, I guess it is real, <laughs> but it shouldn't have affected me as a young man growing up in, in the town of Tonawanda in the 1970s. But there was the one where um, Nels Olson's sister was the fat lady in the circus. And I always could count on if there was a serious one, like the one where Albert's girlfriend is um, sexually assaulted by that man in a mask. I think it was Albert's boss. Heavy shit, right? And then, but the next week was like something, you know, really hysterical. Like Laura loses her clog at square dance in the town, you know, hall. So something funny. Remember when um, little baby Charles died and, and Laura um, went up to the mountain and talked to God. She thought it was her fault. Oh God, I loved that show. And I, used to talk about it in school and be mocked openly up until like seventh grade when I think seventh or eighth grade when the show ended and people knew I loved Little House and they used it against me to lure me in. I will never forget. We were, um, there was this guy, uh, kind of a handsome fella, a young tough named Joe that was sitting behind me and he baited me. He, he Ingalls baited me and was like, guys, did you see the finale of Little House? <laughs> like, like anybody says that. And I whipped my head around and I was like, oh, my God, they, the whole town exploded. It was, ah! And he, they just did it to watch me flip or flip my head around and turn in my chair like a fucking ninja to, to get over into the conversation. They didn't really watch it. They were just 
getting me to to be a big queen in front of them. But yeah, the 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 finale of Little House. I don't know why they did this. I guess I'll look this up. But um, they like blew up the entire set. They blew up the school. They blew up the church. They blew up the mercantile. Mrs. Olsen, yeah, th- that was a fierce character. And, of course, Nellie, Nellie Olsen, who um, the, the actress that plays Nellie Olsen, Alison Ingram, is a uh, sort of a gay uh, icon. She's a, an AIDS activist because the, the gentleman that played her husband, Percival, on the show as they aged, uh, died of AIDS. And she was really affected by that. So she's got a... a a book out. She does stand up. She's great. What am I talking about? They blew up the mercantile. Anyway, I just love Little House. And I remember when I was a little kid, they did the telethons on um, our ABC affiliate, Channel 7, and they would always have like a, a B-level celebrity come. And it was the guy that played Almanzo. <laughs> I fucking loved. I thought he was super hot. And um, he was answering phones. And I remember begging my mother, can we please give to the junior league or or, or the Jerry's kids or or whomever this telethon was for? Because I thought, oh, God, what if I get to actually talk to him on the phone? What would I say? Hi, I'm nine and I'm in love with you. But uh, yeah, I thought he was hot. I thought he was hot because he wasn't too thin. He was he was sort of had some girth to him. I loved his blonde hair. Uh, so Little House. So this book, this book is about this uh, incredible woman who sort of goes back and sort of walks in the footsteps of Laura Ingalls Wilder. Uh, I'll read you a little sample of the review in her new book, The Wilder Life. Wendy McClure, um, author of another great book, I'm Not the New Me. Uh, based on her blog, Pound. She's also a columnist for Bust Magazine. Um, She goes into the deep recesses of Laura's world. She visits the various Ingalls and Wilder family homesteads, discovers some unpleasant truths, which a lot of us are familiar with, uh, about the real Little House on the Prairie, encounters many crazed Laura Ingalls Wilder fans known amongst themselves as bonnet heads. Uh, although McClure prefers Laura files, she amasses a sizable collection of sunbonnets and, yes, churns a crock of butter. The result is a meditation on the power of childhood reading, and I will say childhood viewing of Little House on the Prairie, even after you're grown up. It's also one of the best books uh, that's been out in a very long time. So uh, I suggest The Wilder Life. I also have... And how is this a resolution? I'll I'll get to that. Um, I also have a Laura Ingalls Wilder Little House on the Prairie cookbook. And I actually blogged about it a while back. And I wanted to read to you um, this blog entry because (laughs) there ain't no cookbook like a Laura Ingalls Wilder cookbook. There's actually a book out called Caroline about Caroline uh, Ingalls, who I really liked. that actress that played her. What was her name? Oh, I got it without Googling it. Karen Grassley. I really liked her a lot. And of course, Michael Landon was kind of like a DILF. So uh, let me read to you from my, my blog entry about this cookbook. At the time, I was experimenting with lots of different diets. That's what my blog was about. Me on a diet. It was a road trip to 40. 
Uh, cut to me, <laughs> going to be 48 this year and still on the same road trip. But anyway, um, I, I sort of turned into a cookbook whore and I amassed all these different cookbooks, some amazing, some uh, ridiculous, some uh, I've never opened, most I've never opened. But anyway, um, while figuring out what diet to land on, I was sort of just waiting for a sign. And uh, I had a dream that I, Sean Doyle Jr., was an inhabitant of Walnut Grove. Yes, sirree, the very Walnut Grove you're thinking of. I was in the creek with the not-yet-blind Mary Ingalls and half-pint herself. Yes, this is what, at the time, a 41-year-old gay man dreams of. We were walking a makeshift tightrope across a creek. (laughs) I can't believe I wrote this. Was this true? And Mary plunged to her doom. Cut to me, angling in to comfort Laura Ingalls and also to become the adopted brother they always wanted. The 41-year-old gay one from the future. That's the brother they wanted. Of course, I woke up screaming for Pa. Uh, So... This book was lent to me by a friend. We were working out at Casey's Fitness, and uh, she brought to me, set this book in my locker when I went to get my boxing gloves. Resting atop my boxing gloves was the Little House Cookbook. This is my sign, I said to myself. Even though it wasn't the cosmic power of the universe, it was my friend Abby that placed the answer so boldly in my path, I decided to give it a whirl. Johnny Cakes! Vinegar pie with whorehound candy. (laughs) Laura loved it. Ma's vanity cakes. Pinch me. Am I still dreaming? This little pot of gold calls recipes taken from meals described in incredible detail by the one and only Laura Ingalls Wilder. I had a friend that pronounced it Ingalls, and I sort of want to stick with that. So that's what I'm going to do now. Um, Leave it to Beth. Remember they called her that. uh, For stick to your ribs fair to warm you through pre-dawn chores and minus 30 degree weather. The cookbook chapters often feature a quote and an original illustration by Garth Williams from the Little House series. If any of you know me and live nearby and want to borrow this book or see it, it is a fucking scream. This cookbook is just like reading uh, one of the original books. Even the font uh, and the uh, the uh, size of the font are the same as in the books. First of all, I cannot believe for some reason that this book even exists. One food critic noted that Laura Ingalls Wilder always had the knack of making lettuce with a sprinkle of vinegar and sugar sound like black truffle risotto. But her local supply store, the Loftest General Store of Dismet, South Dakota, wasn't exactly Whole Foods. True dat. Then there's a picture of rye and engine bread. Delicious and politically incorrect. Rye and engine bread? Oh, my God. So, uh, here I stand with my bonnet tossed over my shoulder at my black iron cook stove. Resourceful as a hard scrabble pioneer, I'm baking up some long winter bread. Perfect for the eight months of winter we, heart- we hearty western New Yorkers are used to. Pa Eric will be so pleased. Next, Ryan Injun. There it is again. Made from corn stolen from actual Indians. As soon as the hunter rustles up some rabbit, I'll skin it and fix up some Hassenpfeffer. <laughs> oh, my very favorite in the book is, of course, lard and cracklins. 
One seldom speaks of cracklins anymore, and frankly, I find that just plain sad. Cracklins are the crunchy brown remains of pork fat uh, once the lard had been cooked out, but you all knew that. The only thing holding me back from making this today is the shameful absence of cheesecloth in our house. Who do we think we are? That and the will to live past my early 40s and the fear of dying of arterial sclerosis. So past the hulled corn and fried apples and onions, me, I'm on a raw turnip snacks diet until I hit my goal weight. Can you fucking imagine? So how is this a resolution? I'm not going to make anything out of this book because I don't make anything out of really any of my cookbooks. Uh, remember the Instant Pot? Uh, but but I just love Little House. Like, it's so far from, like, my daily. Like, I don't think of Little House during the day. It doesn't really come up. But then last night, my friend Kelly came over, and I don't know what we were talking about, but we started talking about lard and cracklins. <laughs> and then about Little House and how I remember that I really, like, a, at the age of seven or eight, I really felt like I'd, like, cracked the code. Like, I knew the algorithm. Like, there's a sad episode, then a happy light episode. So then a sad episode, I mean, it's really an algorithm of just two things happening, but I knew that if I was crying because of little Charles and, and Laura up on the mountaintop be- crying out to God, I knew I could get something really, really fun. Like Nellie falls off a horse and she and Laura have a mud fight the next week. And, uh, I, I just, it was a huge part of my childhood. So this year I need to score a box set. <laughs> it's really just a purchase, not a resolution. But I, I have to get my hands on Little House and start watching Little House with Jack, except for like the rape episodes. <laughs> but come on, that was that was like so advanced because children watched this show, and and that was like in the in the uh, in the seventies and early eighties to to have uh, this this episode of of this girl being sexually assaulted. Who th- who? approved that just crazy but anyway i'm gonna get my hands on every episode and i'm gonna close by giving you some 2019 resolution suggestions based on little house on the prairie so uh, i did not write these these are from the little house on the prairie website because there is a website and this is really going to inspire you so so here we go live simply that that's the uh the key Right. So like no phones at the table. Look at me trying to tie in my bullshit resolutions to Little House on the Prairie. Uh, The first one is love deeply. Build your build your house of love. Think of house of love. RuPaul house of love. Uh, So love deeply. Gather around the table. Whoops. I'm already doing that one. Maybe with a home-cooked supper. (laughs) The word supper makes me laugh. Um, Yeah, gather around the table for mealtimes with your family. Hospitality. Oh, so this one starts off, and I forgot to mention, Laura's wedding cake. Almanzo, here's your cake. Laura's wedding cake took a long time to prepare by hand. So making shit for special occasions, inviting people over to to we had a pizza party last night. And what did we watch? We watched the live action Beauty and the Beast um, with my friend Kelly and her kids and Jackson. It was really fun. Uh, And we ordered pizza, but we were hospitable. So open up your house. Uh, You know, even if you don't have a lot to spend, uh, you know, make Laura's wedding cake. Do things by hand. Crafting. Uh, it's, here it talks about harvesting food, making cheese, mending clothes. But some tactile activities sound kind of fun. Be joyful for the love of God. Uh, it's the, one of the things we love about Ma. 
Uh, just joyful. Laugh a lot. Read books. Oh, look at me. Reading 35 books. Everyone in the Ingalls family loved to read books. Ma read her Bible in a rocking chair. Ay, ay, ay. Okay. Um, but read to your kids. Put lots of books in your kids' hands. We have a ton of books that Jack has yet to read. Because he's three. Make music. Oh, my God. How fun is this? Singing. Playing the fiddle. <laughs> I'm going to play the fiddle tonight with Jackson. Um, but even just just putting on a CD, we do that all the time. We'll put on Hamilton, and Jack will jump on his trampoline uh, to his two favorite songs, My Shot and Work Work, which is, of course, the Skylar sisters. But if you're not playing music, just make some music. Put a CD on. Uh, do, okay, so I'm clearly showing my age here. Do people own CDs and have CD players anymore? Or they're just streaming everything, right? Um, be enterprising. Ma sold extra eggs to Mrs. Olson at Olson's Mercantile to earn money or get credit. So have a side hustle is what this is saying. Be enterprising. Have a side gig. What are you doing? Are you editing uh, on the side on your laptop? Uh, I have my gigs, right? I sing jazz here and there. Uh, have a side hustle. Uh, have faith. Look at me. Wanting to go back to the UU, uh, faith is a tough one, right? Because some of us have been scarred by our uh, our growings up and our our youth. I grew up Catholic, and that fucked me up real good. Um, but yeah, have, having some sort of faith, uh, even meditation, get headspace. Ooh, write handwritten letters. This is something I do at work. It's it's something. It's a tradition uh, at Adoption Star that I've sort of taken on uh, for people I meet with in person or people who have registered with the agency to write a handwritten thank you. Do you have friends that write handwritten things to you? I got a handwritten thank you card from my my friend Alicia's son Luca, and it was so sweet. And and he really it was it was not uh, canned at all. It was it was unique to us and to the gift that we gave him. Um, hard work. Okay, the Ingles built their homes by hand with little outside help. Pot chopped down the trees to make the lumber. Okay, blah, blah, blah. But hard work does feel good. Believe me, I have said in many a podcast, I'm a lazy person. I am a on the couch, watching the Golden Girls, sipping an iced mocha kind of guy. But because now I have this work that I love, I work hard. I really do. I remember Michelle, our CEO, saying, you're going to work harder than you've ever worked before. And I, I really, I really do. I don't even look up. But it, it makes coming home and then sitting there in a vegetative state <laughs> feel like I sort of have earned it. Uh, be positive. Look on the bright side. The Ingalls optimism was contagious. Uh, so, yeah, seeing the glass half full, being positive. I remember when I did my first podcast and was talking about uh, not being able to walk and having to have this neck surgery saying, um, uh, quoting Christy Metz, who said, it's not uh, something that happened to me. It's something that happened for me. What? Uh, and um, having a village, friends and community, as tight-knit as the Ingalls family was, uh, they had all these these great uh, friends out in the community. They connected with other people in their community, whether it was helping the local school, working. And this is this has a hyperlink attached to it. Working for Widow Thurman. What the fuck? Who remembers that? Um, 
or uh, helping other friends and neighbors uh, that they were out there in the community and doing doing things. I am a, a Make-A-Wish volunteer, and I just delivered a Make-A-Wish package last night to a, a little three-year-old boy who he and his family are going to Disney. They leave tomorrow. And there's nothing that feels greater than than going and finding out what a child's wish is and and making helping make the wish come true. And volunteers, wish granters, which is what I am, <laughs> Not to brag, but I'm a wish granter. Um, we get to go and like deliver all the fun stuff. Like here are your tickets. Here's your here's the card you can use for spending. Here's balloons. Here's a Mickey doll. Here's a bag full of of swag. And uh, I plan on being there uh, when they return with more balloons. It's really fun. So that's kind of like side hustle, right? And friends and community. Maybe you should volunteer somewhere. Maybe that's a good resolution. Uh, there are more many inspiring lessons that we learned from the Ingalls. What are the most valuable lessons you learned? So if you've been listening to this and you're like, you know what? I've never seen a fucking episode of Little House. I probably lost you a while back. But this prompts you to start, you know, look that shit up. YouTube a couple of good episodes. Here are the top 10 for you to look up. All right. Number 10, back to school. Part two. Uh, This is the one where Laura and Nellie fight in uh, the mud. Nellie gets even for the cinnamon chicken incident by telling Laura that the exam doesn't have a history uh, in it. And things reach a boiling point when Laura and Nellie's classic mud wrestle fight occurs oh this is a good one oh there he is laura and almanzo get ready to share their first kiss in number nine sweet 16 laura gets a temporary teaching job <laughs> i was gonna say a temporary tattoo uh temporary teaching job in curry when the teacher breaks her leg almanzo sees how maturely she handles the class blah 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 they end up sharing their first kiss on her 16th birthday mm, it's a little pervy oh god blizzard Laura, Carrie, and Mary look for shelter from the storm. Blizzard aired uh, in 1976. Oh, this is so... We were just talking about this episode last night. Miss Beetle lets the children go home early on Christmas Eve when it starts to snow and tells them she will see them at the Christmas party the next day. Unfortunately, many of the children end not being able to find their way home. I think somebody dies in this one. Uh, Dangerous. One loses his life. Miss Beetle starts blaming herself. Willie deviates from his normal personality and sweetly tells her it's not her fault. Um... Number seven, Laura Ingalls Wilder, part one. Laura and Almanzo tell Charles and Caroline about their land deal. Um, meanwhile, Eliza Jane, Eliza Jane falls in love with Harvey Miller, and Nellie announces that she's pregnant. Oh, that's a big one. Oh, look at this, a harvest of friends. Charles thanks Mr. Hansen and Dr. Baker for stacking the grain. <laughs> this shit is so funny to me. Uh, this is from 1974, uh, A Harvest of Friends. Um, first episode of season one's The Ingles Settle on the Banks of Plum Creek. Oh, so it's this is the expository uh, episode. Wonderful. Oh, I'll ride the wind. Mr. Edwards shows John Jr. and Mary the land he has been saving for them. John, Ju- Ooh, John Jr. asks Mary to marry him. This is way before uh, her blind husband. Uh, okay. Christmas at Plum Creek. We're at number four. Christmas time. And uh, oh, look at this. Charles ends up fixing up a set of buckboard wheels from a wreck for Mrs. Olson for $8. And Mary gets a job sewing for Mrs. Whipple. And then Caroline secretly sews a shirt for Charles. Oh, this is a great one. Back to school. Part one. 
this is Nelly gets a restaurant and hotel. Remember this? Uh, and uh, Almanzo Wilder arrives in Walnut Grove, causing Laura and Nelly's rivalry to heat up. Times of change. Um, this is Mary's fiance. This is 1977 now. Um, writes her a letter saying that he misses her. Wishes he could go to the cotillion. Then she shows up in Chicago. Uh, oh, shit. John kisses Claire. Okay. Uh, number one, I'll be waving as you drive away. Mary's eyes start bothering her. So Charles figures she's due for an eye exam. Oh, my God. How is that the number one episode? <laughs> uh, oh, then there's all these comments. I was surprised to see Blizzard and uh, Times of Change end up in the top ten. Anyway, jeez, uh, this is great. Um, there's a, a bottom ten. <laughs> <laughs> two so anyway you're gonna do this it's your new resolution get into little house do all the other stuff i said and babe if you can't do it all don't worry i'm not here to judge you i'm just here to support you on your journey so 2019 coming in strong lard and cracklins get going and uh i'm so happy that uh, i got a chance to do this the clock is ticking on my alone time so i'm gonna say goodbye babe i love you and happy 2019 Bye-bye.